Hello. Hello. Hey. My man. <laughs> How's it going? It is fantastic. Before we get started, I have to hit the intro really quickly. All right. It's my favorite part of the show. All right. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, ghouls, whatever you are, however you identify, it is your boy, the Sephiroth of South Central, a.k.a. the Deity of Decibel, a.k.a. the Black Chris Jericho, a.k.a. Rob Zombie's illegitimate stepbrother. <laughs> Will Smith and Ozzy Osbourne's love child, the Fresh Prince of Darkness, Kelvin Chaos. And I have on the line with me, please state your name. Joseph E. Reed. Joseph E. Reed, could you turn your um, phone volume all the way up if possible? Yeah, let's see. Is that any different? It's all the way up. How about how about now? Can you? That? Oh yeah, there you go. That's perfection. Awesome. Sweet. All right. So yeah, it was it was cool. I saw you um chatting with Naughty Styles. Naughty Styles has an episode dropping in a couple of weeks. Nice. And uh, yeah, and um, she like she was saying. So what I do is I just scourge the inter internet, internets, interwebs, collecting folks such as myself, such as all of us, that just don't get a lot of spotlight, that are doing all these amazing things that nobody gets to hear about because we're so concerned with the Jay Zs and Beyonces of the world. Not that they're not important people, but we're <laughs> all important. Yes, you know. So um, tell us about. A little bit about yourself. Um, I found out the most interesting thing I found is the music cares, uh, music cards. But tell me how you got started in music. Tell me your musical background. Hmm. So um, I started doing music when I was young. Um, my aunts and uncles tell me that even when I was, you know, just a toddler, I would do music stuff, um, singing, playing the keyboard. But when I was in like third grade, I started playing the violin and the keyboard and in school and just stuck with it and did more singing in high school, was stuck with violin and then went to college and studied music. And so pretty much all my life doing, doing music things, writing songs, you know, learning guitar, performing. Um, and then after college worked as a music teacher um, in the public schools, teaching vocal music and instrumental music. And just now I, I live in Atlanta and I do a lot of performing, um, recording, and uh, still do some education, music education. My main thing now is um, my music cards, which is a music theory card game to help people learn music theory. I just always loved trying to make learning fun because I enjoyed learning and I think everybody should have a good experience with it. So that's why I kind of made a, a game of some of these concepts. So yeah, that's kind of me. That's awesome. That's exactly how I felt about it. I learned the music pretty well. I was always playing music as a kid, but I didn't decide that I wanted to do it professionally until I was like 22. Hmm. So, um, right, which is pretty late. 
So um, I had to take, you know, the music theory lessons and all that stuff. I would stay after school, you know, like busting my ass to try to learn that stuff because it was a foreign concept to me. Mm -hmm. And I found it wasn't as difficult as people made it seem. It felt like, you know, a lot of the schools with a lot of this stuff is jargon, which, you know, any profession or any uh, field that you want to get into is just learning the jargon and the gatekeepers that want to keep you out or they're just testing you to make sure this is what you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Neapolitan sixth instead of saying flat two. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's a flat two. Neapolitan in first inversion. Kiss my ass. It's a flat two. <laughs> right? oh my That's goodness. music theory nerd shit if you guys are following. <laughs> Yeah, like the uh, the entrance entrance exams to some of these music schools is like, whoa, okay. Like, we don't even do any of that shit in college. You know? <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, some of the, the things I've seen for the kids that I teach, like, you don't even do that until theory four. Hmm. <laughs> mm. You know? But, um, yeah, so, yes, that's what really connected me to you is your passion for teaching. I, too, am a music teacher and performer and recording art. I basically do the exact same things as you, except for I did not create my own game. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool Tell us about the game. I was like, oh, that's genius. Why didn't I think of this before? <laughs> Tell <laughs> so. us about the game. How do, you, how do you play it? I know you explained a little bit about it um, in the live video, but explain it to me again, please. mm -hmm. so so it's a card game it's a deck of cards So if you think about all the different games you can play with a regular deck of cards, you know, you can do Go Fish or, you know, what's that? Old maid. Is it old maid? Old Maid, right? Um, match up, you know, where you flip over the cards and memorize. Um, poker, uh, hearts, spade, uh, those speed games and stuff. So you, you know all those games that you do with regular cards. Um, Jen Rami. So basically, think of doing that, but instead of using the card values and the numbers, you'll be you'll be using musical values and numbers. So I've got a a Jen Rummy game where instead of doing runs and spreads of numbers, you're doing runs and spreads of notes in a scale, like the chromatic scale, or things like that. <laughs> You're a genius. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yep I have to get me a set of these, man. yeah yeah you can get them I got them I can send you some um, playmusiccards.com you can send me your order or you can shoot me an email too and I can get them to you Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to place an order because I would love those. Um, I also like to buy things for my for the followers because some people um what I've noticed is that some people because um everybody that I'm posting is new to them or they don't they've never heard of them and they can tend to be a little bit hesitant if I don't own it as well. So <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know, like you eat it first kind of people. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. which I totally understand. But yeah, um, I'm actually planning on getting, like as soon as I saw them, I was like, damn, because I do, I, I actually, um, when I'm teaching, I often, am, I'm a mobile teacher. Do you ever get that? Where you go to the different homes or what?
Yeah, or you go to different schools. Or, well, the schools I was going to, they had me go around to every classroom instead of me having my own classroom where the kids would come to me. Yeah. So because oh of that, I had to have um, my own set of flashcards and my guitar and and none of their smart boards ever worked. Like they don't, none of the schools that I work at, for whatever reason, they don't use chalkboards anymore. Mm -hmm. But then all the smart boards were not online. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. My damn job. You know, so um, I came up with this idea where I'm just going to use flashcards and I would play little games like musical chairs or I would tell a story and then story would relate to you know, um, sometimes we would learn dynamics, sometimes we would learn intervals, sometimes we would learn just the note names. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was challenging for older kids. I mean, for younger kids, like I could get the younger kids only to do the Italian words because it was like, you know, like a language. So they were familiar with that. Mm. Um, but when it came to interval, they couldn't see it. Like interval didn't even make sense to them. Mm hmm so when I saw your thing, I was like, oh, because this way they can just learn the letters. And then once they're comfortable knowing the letters, then you can introduce the intervals. And that make way more sense. Mm hmm. Yeah. Then they can they know the musical alphabet and they know how many letters to skip if you're doing thirds or how many letters to skip if you're doing fourths. Kids get it really fast. Um, in fact, um, my friend, her daughter was six at the time and she was learning music cards. And then later on, she was working on like some math things like multiplication or something. And it clicked. She's like, oh, wow, this is just like music cards where we're going up by fourths or whatever, you know. Dude, we're changing <laughs> the world. This is why this needs to get picked up immediately. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I was like, yes. Black people always doing something fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I and like, I, I think you'd, uh, you know, if you still got to go around in different schools and stuff, it's really nice. Like I've done a few demonstrations in some schools, um, and I would bring like several decks of cards, music cards, and I would set them up into groups. So the group of three over here, group of four over there, and just let the kids play. Like here, here's the concepts, and it's like they can go on their own, and it's like really makes things a lot easier. <laughs> yeah definitely definitely man that's so cool all right so tell us some of your biggest influences in your music career i saw you were playing a guitar when i saw you in the video and i saw other videos of you playing violin and you studied voice in college so i'm assuming you're a motherfucker musician <laughs> well no one's ever called me that before but uh it sounds pretty good um <laughs> uh well so yeah i guess i grew up listening to um a lot of classic rock a lot of um you know rock music country music and then r&b so listening to a variety of things oldies um so i've always you know, had an ear for melodic things, pop things. Um, when I first got my guitar, I think mostly I would write like a lot of country songs. Yeah. Um, That's the easiest thing to start with. A lot of people, you know, fail to realize. That's why when, I, when somebody says I hate country music, I think you uncultured swine. 
straight up. That's like my first, I don't even want to hang out with you. <laughs> you know, sometimes people like, this like the standard saying, like, I love all music except for country. Music. And I actually don't like goth music, and that pisses a lot of people off. <laughs> There's like, a lot of really I cool stuff country. out there. Yeah, I'm like, I love country music. I hate goth music. Not because I hate goth music, but it was always, like, falsely advertised. I thought it was going to be, like, doomy. And, you know, like, I thought goth music was Black Sabbath. Oh. So I was like, hell yeah, give me that shit. And then I find out it's The Cure, and I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> Dude, the bait and switch type of thing. Oh, yeah, man. exactly. That's what got me. So that's why I'm like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I thought that was New Wave, you know, because it sounds like sad pretenders to me. Uh-huh. You know, which Pretenders is like one of my top five favorite bands. Nice. So when I, yeah, so when I heard that, I was like, uh, sounds like, you know, sad Pretenders. I don't really care. And everybody <laughs> gets upset. But when it comes to the country stuff, like, you know, Bo Diddley, a lot of people don't know Bo Diddley's black. Mm. Right? Huge country guy. Um, uh, what's the Reed guy? Jerry Reed, great player. Chet Atkins, um, you know all these old, really phenomenal. Uh, Les Les Paul, amazing guitar player, amazing jazz and country guitar player. Mm-hmm. Like you guys haven't really listened to that shit. You just don't know what the fuck you're talking about because <laughs> there's shitty music in every genre. You yeah. Know? shitty hip-hop there's shitty metal there's shitty whatever the fuck you know yeah go ahead continue i interrupted you with my oh Hmm. yeah so i guess that's the guitar stuff and then i grew up i did um voice you know in school so i sang with the choir and when i get to college i majored in voice so i learned you know italian art songs and um, you know, classical type of things. So I did a lot of that. And then also like gospel, I was like with the gospel choir in college, uh, grew up doing music at church and things like that. Um, so you can sing. Yeah. I like to sing <laughs> <laughs> my main thing. <laughs> so that's cool. Wonderful. Man. Okay, so moving on, do you have any projects that you are coming out that are coming out soon? Hmm. Well, really, I've been doing a lot with with music cards lately. Um, just trying to move that forward. You know, getting some videos going, letting people know about it. I just really feel like of all the things that I'm working on, that can have the most impact on people's lives. So, yeah. so I figured I would, you know, really get that rolling. Make sure that I can podcast. <laughs> Say again. Listen, that's how I feel about this podcast. I'm like, I should put another album out, and then I'm like, but this podcast is so important. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, it, and I think things can like help each other out. Like you, your podcast can help your music, or you know, music yeah. cards can relate to my performing and stuff. But uh. It's kind of like the one thing question, you know, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, let me focus on that. And yeah, focus on that. <laughs> yeah. Take the other stuff back up once that thing is kind of, it's, it's like, um, 
like getting the 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 Flood Flintstone mobile started, you know, you're like, okay, I'm gonna get it down the hill. Once it gets in the hill, I'll hop back in and then I'll <laughs> jump on some other. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at the website right now. And the first thing that I noticed, oh, you have a video. You do have a video. What is music cards? Yes, your video looks nice. How did you develop your website? Is this a WordPress site? Uh, it's a Wix site. Um, I like, I've used a few different, you know, like I use WordPress, not WordPress, but um, uh, Weebly or something like that before. But Wix seems a lot easier to to work with. Um, I have a fantastic friend, my friend Patty, who helped me design a lot of the stuff on the site. And uh, so that's what I'm using to promote things. That's great. So let, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I spaced out because I'm actually looking at the website right now. And I was I was looking at um the the progressions game tell me about that's like my favorite thing um i'm doing a, a guitar class tomorrow a group guitar class for adults mm -hmm. that say like oh, i don't know how to play guitar i could never play guitar as well as you and i'm like well of course not because you didn't go to school for it for seven years true you know <laughs> like that's what i did I, you studied voice i studied guitar but i was still in the opera because i could um i was a baritone nice I was the only baritone in the school, so they were like, "All, All right, right. <laughs> we yeah, need you. Yeah, like, you have to do this." <laughs> and I, I studied theater as well, so I was like, you know, "I'm never, I've never been a person that does not like the stage. I definitely enjoy being on stage. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite things to do." So, um, um, so I'm looking at. Oh, so um, I'm teaching this class, and you know, um, I always promise the, the, that I can teach you a song in the first day that I uh, train with you on guitar. And, you know, some people will say like, how can you make a promise like that? And it's mm -hmm. because I use the progressions mm -hmm. and I progression. So tell us how that game, or why did you think to encourage in, include that? Cause some people would think that that is an advanced thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would say the progressions game with music cards is one of the more advanced games. Um, but even with that, you can break it down and, and, uh, and make it easy. Um, I like progression. I'm, I'm a music theory nerd. So for me, Same. you know, yeah, I studied for years, so it, it makes a lot of sense to me, but, um, a big problem. A lot of people say is that, man, I don't know what chord to play with this note or, or they'll hear something and they, they have a really hard time figuring it out or like transposing, like they can play it in one key, but if you tell them to go up a major second or go to a different key, they're completely lost. Um, like, what do I do? So, so the game with um, progressions with music cards is set up to get you, what you do is you pick a progression. Like I usually go with something simple, like one, six, four, five, you know, if you're using the the number system, a one, six, four, five progression. And then you just go through it in every single key. So you'll play one, one round in the key of C, next round in the key of D, next round in the key of E, next round in the key of F, whatever key. And then over and over and over, you're having fun while you're memorizing what each uh, chord is in the different keys. 
Yeah. Now th that that comes in the pack as well, or is that like a separate thing? They're all with the same one deck of cards. You can play all these different games. And so when you order the deck, um, I, I'll email you the the game rules that'll have all the all the different games. It's like a dozen something games that you can do at least with these. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, oh, there's so I was like, this is really involved. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I was like, man, I would love to like learn the game and then do it live. Yeah, I paid like really promote it would be really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to do that because yeah, I'm like really yeah. I was like, as soon as I saw that, I'm watching the video. I was like, yes, I need those. I need those in my life. Um. <laughs> Let's see what else. What else do I want to ask about these things? The website is so good. I really like it. Awesome. Yeah, I dig this. Okay, so the next thing, if you if when when your schedule permits and you have more free time, tell us what kind of super group would you like to form? What kind of music would it be? Who would you have in it, living or dead? A super group. So is that like uh, all-star basketball team sort of thing? Like the monsters of music. Ah. <laughs> they could be living or dead, you say? It can be whoever you want. Like some people have, like this is some of the funniest examples I've heard is like, I'm the lead singer and Luther Vandross is my backup singer. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, <laughs> and Rick James is on drums and Prince is on bass and Stevie Wonder on keys and shit like that. Oh, man. Whew. Man, what would I do? Well, uh, let's see. I, I think Nadia says she wanted Dave Grohl on guitar. I mean, on, on drums. Or guitar. With Stevie playing keys. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was like, yo, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Right? I was like, damn, I didn't even think of that. You know, like a lot of people were keeping it to the genre or they were like, you know, the greatest of all time. And I was like, mm, I feel like, you know, we kind of know what that music would sound like already. <laughs> you know, like if it was just a bunch of R&B singers, I was like, that sounds like the BET Awards from last year. I don't care. Right. Right. I was like, I would like to hear something I've never heard before, please. I don't want to hear another gospel rendition of, you know, <laughs> Take my hand or something like that. <laughs> I don't love those songs, you know, but I'm always looking for weird stuff personally. I'm looking for things I've never heard before I wouldn't think to do myself. Mm hmm. Hmm. I was just stalling while you thought. Yeah, thanks. I need that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess my mind is going to like, you know, some of the great. Um, so I'm going way back to like, you know, like like Beethoven. So I'm imagining. Ah, oh, yes, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining. I have Beethoven on the squad with Vivaldi, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so Beethoven, he's like the arranger, you know, and uh, we're like, hey Ludwig, what do you think about this, man? He's like, what? What'd you say? I said, hey man. <laughs> Hey man, what do you think about this? You know, he's like, "Oh, okay." I couldn't quite hear you, but I think I understand what you're saying. You know, and then so. Make it just be louder. 
<laughs> so we're feeding him ideas. He's he's transcribing all these things. We got um, we got dueling bases. We got Victor Wooten and Marcus Miller, and they're uh, no. <laughs> And yes. they're, they're both going at it, right? And um, let's see who else. I always like the uh, the classic rock. I love like Guns N' Roses. So like, Me too. like Slash. Purple, my favorite band ever. Oh man, they're fantastic, man. Right, Richie Blackmore is my favorite guitar. Whenever pe- people always assume they're like, so I bet your favorite guitarist is Hendrix, and I'm like wrong. <laughs> Richie Blackmore. Damn it, because he sounds like if Hendrix and Bach had a baby. <laughs> Man, yeah. Right, that's awesome. So, okay, so who do you have any horn section? Um, Oops, or anybody engineering it? Bowie oh. on sax. I just threw that in there for you. Ooh, that's nice. I I was thinking about having like a really big string section, like. Like, you know, like the Boston Philharmonic or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, man, I love your idea. I was like, man, we got to like talk like separately and just nerd out about music theory. <laughs> Actually, I was like, hmm, I do want to, I think I'm going to ask you some complicated music theory questions just because I have you on the, on the podcast. A lot of people don't get to see this part about me. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know, well, um, you know how it is when you're like a theory guy and after you graduate school, oh. you just meet a lot of people that don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And when you say it, they act like you're assaulting them, <laughs> you know, for, for knowing the shit and they don't. Right. And you feel so alone. Like, who do I talk to, man? No. And you're like, you know, it'd be way easier if you just actually knew what the fuck you were talking about. And they're like, no, I play from feeling. All right. <laughs> Like, no doctor says that, you know? Like, a doctor's not like, no, I don't fucking look at the scalpel. I just carve. <laughs> like, what if, what if your doctor said that? You'd be upset. What if your dentist said, I never studied. I do this shit by feel. Oh, my goodness. Right? I was like, I'm not, that's not disrespecting the guys that can do it. But I definitely don't see what the hate is on people who know their music theory. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. <laughs> but let's chat about some stuff. All right. So who is your, do you have a favorite arranger? I will lead. Um, wh- uh, what is uh, Webern, the guy that, that wrote Vatsik? Right. The, uh, I know who you're talking about. It's... Right. It's Anton Webern. Anton Webern. Yeah. 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 So that arrangement, that whole, first of all, that whole, Opera is my favorite opera because it's spooky and I like spooky shit. Mm-hmm. Ever see it by any chance? No, just uh, just that one song I heard. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, the one that that you have to do in uh, music appreciation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went and watched the whole thing because I had I had been in the Faust. Um, the guy that that you know, Vatsik is like Faust, but like even darker. Hmm. So, you know, I was into that stuff because I was, you know, I was really into, you know, like 12 tone stuff and mm. um, not necessarily, actually not 12 tone because, you know, the whole idea of not repeating a note right. was complicated for me. You know, like, did you, did you do the, the, the analysis of like a 12 tone piece? Where you have to do like the 
inversion and then like the retrograde and die and just say i hate this <laughs> you know i was trying to make up a game with um a rubik's cube and i uh put like a, a note on each corner in each box of the rubik's cube and then it was supposed to be like a 12 tone exercise so you you mix up the rubik's cube and then you know you read the boxes in a certain order and that would be the maybe i was going too far with that but i had the idea you know no, 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 no. i'm into this like you're you cannot literally you cannot go too far with me i'm like <laughs> all the way in there with you <laughs> you know like i've literally man like stayed up all night talking to you know guys with phds in composition about you know um ravel's arranging techniques oh man you know, <laughs> you were like, what? I, so a lot of my friends went to USC and I happen to be friends with like, yes, I'm flexing on everybody right now. <laughs> I happen to be friends with like a lot. The head of the music department at USC mm -hmm. is a good friend the, of the guitar department and of the music department and of the music department of CSUN. Nice. Because I because I used to be a guitar dealer. Mm hmm. So I've sold like antique guitars. I sold those for like two or three years. So um, I don't know if you know uh, Nancy Wilson from Heart. Mm -mm. You know, uh, crazy on you. That down there, do, 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 do. That lady. Okay. Or Barracuda. Anyway, yeah. so she owns this guitar. It's like $40,000 guitar by this guy named Herman Hauser. Wow. And yeah, and um, the the head of the GFA, the Guitar Foundation of America, is my instructor. Her name is Dr. Martha Masters, and she used to teach at USC. She still teaches at USC, and I would just go to all the concerts, hang out with all the guys. I'm actually going to the birthday party of um, this guy. His name's Mock Gergage. He's uh, he plays all over the world for every Philharmonic orchestra possible. New works for guitar. And this, yeah, and this guy, he's a motherfucker. Like, he's the type of dude, he plays microtonal music. He can sight read, you know, um, full orchestral parts on guitar, like, with the reduction and everything. Wow. Right? Yeah, like, I have some insane friends. That's awesome. Yeah, so, like, that's when I'm like, man, when I get, when I meet other, like, black men, I never get to talk to black men about shit like this, because I just don't <laughs> meet, like, everybody I know that does know theory a lot, like, they're, they're jazz guys, and the jazz guys, you know, they're always thinking melody, mm. for the most part, or counter melody, which makes sense, but, you know, it's not the same as, like, a classically trained guy, like, they're thinking, you know, like, lots of different things, mm -hmm. so, um, so uh, anyways, I'm sorry. I think I, I totally hijacked the conversation. <laughs> wow. But tell us more about your, um, yeah, like what is the nerdiest thing like that you get really nerdy about when you're listening to music? <laughs> well, I noticed that I, um, I, I'm really into, into the pitches, recognizing the notes, not like perfect pitch, but like the relationships. So like solfage was one of the things I learned growing in high school and stuff. And so I'll be listening to a song, sitting in the coffee shop and there's music playing on the, on the speakers, you know, 
And I'm like analyzing like, oh, that was the tonic and oh, okay. And I'm like yeah. figuring out what, what they're doing and figuring out the chord progression in my, in my head and kind of visualizing, like seeing the line of the music and seeing where it's going. Um, and I realized I was doing this the other day. I was like, that's not, most people probably don't do this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's, it's like my way of having fun. I try not to do it out loud. <laughs> it's not really anybody's fun or anything, you know? They're like, oh, yeah. man, this is the beautiful song ever. I'm like, yeah, it's this song, but, you know, in a, a step lower. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, they're like, how do you know so many songs? I'm like, because it sounds like another song to me. Mm -hmm. So I memorize songs based on other songs because I can hear the bass movements. And that's what, you know, allows me to get gigs at the last second a lot. Mm -hmm. Is that, yeah, you, know, you can figure them out. Yeah, if I'm subbing for people, then I'm like, well, I can hear the bass movements, or I'm doing the solfege as well, like la 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 la, la, la. and I'm like, oh, yep, yep, I got it. And they're like, great, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been doing a lot of stuff with um, looper pedal and guitar and violin, and so just that. just pop songs. I like hear the pop song, you know, whatever song it is, and analyze it in my brain and you know most of them you know same four chords maybe sh shift up on the on the chorus or the bridge or something so i can like map out the entire song in my head after listening to it and then jump on my guitar with my looper and boop, 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 just pop it out so sometimes people like i'll go outside and perform on the street you know and sometimes people will be like hey do you know this song can you play it i was like well let me hear it so i listened to like a little bit of it and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this, you know, and right. I play it for them. And they're like, whoa, how'd you do that? You know, <laughs> musical magic. Forget that it takes a lot of hard work, which segue. That's why whoever's listening, why if you're a musician, you should charge a lot. And that's why if you're a singer and you can't do this, you should expect to pay someone to do this because it's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, it does take a lot of a lot of practice and training. Like it's like learning a new language if you're bilingual and you can translate for people like not everybody can do that it's special you know yeah yeah it's ex exactly like it, and people get paid a lot of money to translate translators tend to get paid more than musicians in most cases which i think is absolutely absurd <laughs> because i'm mm -hmm. physically doing something you cannot do yeah you know <laughs> But yeah, especially you as a multi-instrumentalist. So now, are you, do you make beats at all? Do you um, license your stuff out? Are you into that realm yet? No, not so much, no. Oh, okay. He like the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mostly do, um, you know, I write my songs, kind of record them, um, and then... Uh, sometimes I'll work with some other, other folks, help them get their stuff recorded, get their ideas out. I, a lot of the stuff I did, because I was working as a music teacher in the middle school for years, and um, my students would come to me and they, they'd have songs. Hey, Mr. Reed, I wrote this song. Hey, what do you think about this song? And so I started this project where I just helped them get their ideas onto CD, you know, and I would, they would sing it and then I'd listen to it, hear the melody and figure out the chords and do like the background instruments. And they're like, whoa, that's amazing, you know? 
Um, so I, I like being in that space of helping people who have a song, but they don't have the tools or the, or the skills to manifest it, to put everything else behind it. So I like, I like doing that sort of thing. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's actually how I started making beats was because I wanted to help people really actualize their dreams, but it would always end up being um, like a three-way thing. And a, a lot of times the producer and I wouldn't see eye to eye on what I felt like the, the singer, like I do what, like I'm always bashing singers on the show. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I feel like a lot of times they have this like raw creative energy. Like they're just like, they, they make it very challenging for us because they'll say something and they don't have the greatest words. Mm -hmm. If you can get what is actually in their head out, then they love you forever. Right. And that's a pretty cool experience. So I started, you know, taking the production over in my case, so I could, you know, really craft everything for them from start to finish. I thought it was really cool. Mm -hmm. So if you had a blank check, what would project would you want to finish the most? And what would it be? Would it be an extension of music cares? Would it be starting your own facility of education? What would you want to do? Hmm. Had a blank check. So, yeah, right now I'd say my one thing is is the music cards, you know, just, just getting it rolling, you know. Once it's um, out in schools and out in, you know, people are doing it everywhere, translate it into different languages. Because um, I just feel like it it's the one thing that I'm doing that can have the most impact. Um, and then... Hey, once that's rolling, then I can spend time to do whatever else I want, you know, traveling and playing guitar on the beach, you know. And, yeah, uh, in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, come out there. Where in California? Are you in L.A.? Yeah, Los Angeles, California. That's where I was born and raised. That's what's up. I got some relatives out there, so. Dude, yeah, come through whenever you, or you mean, like, if you're visiting them, you can come hang here, crash. We have an extra room. Sweet. My roommate's also a music teacher, so I'm going to actually, I'm going to send him these cards immediately, and I feel like he's probably going to buy them immediately. Awesome. <laughs> right? So, um, and the last question. So, um, as a, a person that studied music in college myself, I know it is so tough once you get out of school to figure out what to do. Some of the gigs don't pay, or they don't pay as much as you think. Um or, you know, so you, a lot of times we end up having to create something or create our own program or create something. What do you, what advice do you have to people that either want to study music in college or have studied and are uh, graduating? Tell us what you would tell them. Mm. Well, I think a lot of it is kind of the mindset um, because we're programmed with certain ideas about being a musician that I think are not helpful. So for example, you know, oh, you're a starving musician, you know, like that's really common to hear and like, well, or my, you know, people around you say, well, you know, you don't want to be a musician because you can't really make much money doing that. Right. Or you need to be, you need to be a teacher or you need to do something where you have a job, you know? Um, so going into it with that mindset, 
it's like fear. Like, I don't know if I can make it, you know, I don't know if I can be part of the top, you know, 1% of the Beyonce's and Michael Jackson's. I can't do that, you know? And, and I think that it's not really true. Like the truth is there is a niche for everybody. There's possibilities for everybody. What I offer is very good and not everybody's going to dig it, but it's going to mean the world to, to some people. And so I think having the confidence and saying, yes, this is my unique gift. This is my unique ability. And I am going to pursue that because I know it's what I love to do. And then just kind of do the work around it of, you know, finding the niche, um, working on the marketing and making, thinking business minded to, you know, get a profit from, from what you're doing because you are helping people and it's right to, for people to show their appreciation and say, Hey, I appreciate what you did for me. This touched my heart. This made my life better. And they can give you compensation for that. So, you know, just really thinking positive. I've been noticing a lot lately, like I've been working on my mind and I have to capture my thoughts when I have that, that moment of doubt or that moment of fear. Yeah. Like, hold up, hold up. I'm, what am I thinking that for? You yeah. know, oh, stop. stop that. Yeah. Cause whatever you're thinking, it becomes real. So if you're thinking, Oh, I'm not going to be able to make it. You just guaranteed that you won't. Mm-hmm. You think I will. Then you guaranteed you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally true. And I don't even and- like using the word positive because I feel like positive at this point right now has a negative connotation. You know, when you say like positive thoughts, I say accurate thoughts because mm. because whether you're it's, you know, the universe or God, whoever you believe, doesn't respond to positive negative like we do. We are, we are the only ones that experience whether a thing is positive or negative. The universe experiences mm-hmm. a thing as a thing. So whatever it is that you're thinking about, like you must want this because this is what you're thinking about. It must be positive to you because this is what is on your mind a lot. So if brokenness is mm-hmm. on your mind a lot, that is what you like. You just haven't admitted it to yourself yet. Yeah. You know? It's like what we focus on, that's what comes to us, you know? Exactly. So if you're like, yeah, if you focus on anger, depression, you know, all of that stuff, and you're like, why is my life like this? It's like, well, you're drawing it to yourself. Some people really, you know, don't like hearing that. I'm going to say it again. That is, I'm going to keep saying it because it's very important, like you're saying, to really train your mind to not consume what everyone else is consuming, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if I told somebody, you know, like I hated their singing, they would disagree with me. If I said, oh, I, you know, I don't like this band, they would say, I don't care. I'm going to still listen to this band. I'm like, that's how you should feel about you. That, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody doesn't like it, doesn't matter because it's not going to stop me from doing it. I'm still mm-hmm. going to think this way, you know, like I'm still going to like these bands. I'm still going to pursue my music career, regardless of whether people think it's a not lucrative uh, uh, thing. It's something that makes me happy at the very end of the day. Being a musician, nothing makes me happier. Mm-hmm. So, and like you say, um, changing people's lives, you know, one note at a time, if I can show somebody their favorite song, or if I can, you know, show somebody the ability to hold the guitar properly. If I can, you know, make somebody smile because I played their favorite song or I wrote a song that really inspired them. 
that's what I want to do. So yeah, it's important everybody to do what it is that makes you happy unless it's killing people. Yeah. That's not really very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Another thing about that is like, um, sometimes I experience frustrations because I'd be really excited about, you know, a project I'm working on or some music that I wrote or whatever. And I present it and it wasn't appreciated. Like what? That's stupid. Or what? I don't like that. And I, didn't realize that it's okay for not everybody to like it, you know. Um, or sometimes they don't I get to... it right now, and then they become your biggest fans later on. Right, that's possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it if I'm directing it to the wrong audience, like one time I went, um, this is when I first moved to Atlanta. I had my guitar. I'm doing my country music thing, you know, singer songwriter. And my, my buddy said, hey, let's go to this open mic. I was like, okay. We go to this open mic, and it was like at a, like a comedy club. So, it was <laughs> so, so I get there with my, my guitar, and, and I don't have a plug-in for my guitar. So they put a mic up there, and, and I sing my little country song. And I got booed. They're like, boo, what? terrible boo. Because <laughs> this is the club where... You know, people are doing, you know, raucous, you know, comedy and kind of you know, hip hop this and R&B. So I didn't fit. It wasn't the right audience. And, uh, I mean, like, get up here. That's what I always say. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't take offense because like, whatever, you know, it was kind of a weird, awkward place. But uh, but then, you know, I go to a certain uh, go to a coffee shop, open mic, and they're like, whoa, this is the best thing ever, you know. So finding the right audience makes a big difference. Yeah, very important. <laughs> very important that you're not playing to people who don't care for it. Mm-hmm. Man, well, thank you so much, Joseph. It was a pleasure having you on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And yeah, like I'm looking forward to getting my own set. Um, if you could link me to all of your, um, I, I checked the link tree and I saw everything. But if you could send me some specific links, I would like to put them in the show notes so people can uh, immediately find your your materials. Okay, so I should email that to you? Um, yeah, or you could just uh, direct message it to me on Instagram would be fine. Okay. And thanks again, man. I appreciate you. Cool. Awesome. All right. I'll talk to you Thank soon. You. Everybody. Thanks for listening to The Cast of Chaos. It's your favorite spooky boy. Stay spooky.